Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation, basketball, football, and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. All right, hello and welcome to another episode of Cats by 90, a podcast brought to you by SB Nation's A Sea of Blue. Big Blue Drew here. Um, I'm not with Aaron Gershon right now. We're going to maybe record a segment in a minute, but I do have a special guest, somebody that I'm that I'm really excited to talk to. Um, if you've ever um, spoken to me for more than about five minutes about high school basketball, I've definitely tried to recruit you to go to the City of Palms, um, which is taking place next week in Fort Myers, Florida. By far the best high school basketball tournament in the country. And today I have with me Donnie Wilkie. And Donnie, what is your actual title um, with the tournament? I guess I'm the tournament director. So anything that happens in the course of the basketball tournament on the floor uh, with the teams, that sort of stuff. Uh, Officially, we have a board of directors called Classic Basketball Incorporated, and I'm the vice president of that. Okay, fantastic. Well, again, I'm, I was really excited when you agreed to come on. Um, so I lived in Fort Myers for a long time. It's kind of how I fortunately became connected with the city of Palms. But um, So just some quick facts if you're not familiar with the tournament, which I'm sure a lot of Kentucky fans aren't, but 14% of the current NBA has played in this tournament. Six overall number one NBA draft picks countless first round draft picks and um i'm always telling these stats Donnie, to people that like probably don't care to be honest but every time i'm watching basketball i'm just like saw them in the city of palms i've seen them so the number one picks deandre ayton ben simmons andrew wiggins anthony bennett john wall kawami brown so i mean it's just loaded with talent and um just why don't you give your quick elevator speech Donnie, just on the history of this tournament and um why you think it's the best because i know you do to 15%. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, no, I mean, we're, we're just a fraction under 15%, but I'm calling it 15. And you're right, because I'll, you know, during a good portion of the year when I'm around town, I'm kind of bored out of my mind because it's not basketball season yet, right? So I drive Uber, believe it or not, and um, I'll get Uber riders in the car that'll tell me they like basketball. And I'll say, hey, have you ever heard of the City of Palms Classic? And they have no idea who they're talking to. And, mm-hmm. and um, in fact, I've had even some former players that played in the tournament, uh, you know, as Uber riders. And, and there was a kid named Kyle Marshall from across Florida that he he says, wait a minute, you're that guy that gave me that chance to play in the City of Palms. And I said, yeah, that's me. But, but I tell them, I say 15%. And then I say, no, wait a minute now. I'm not talking about 15% of a team or a division. 15% of the entire NBA has played in at least one City of Palms Classic. It's just, it's 75 players right now out of whatever is listed on, you know, NBA.com as being on the rosters. And of course, with the two-way contracts now, there's a couple or three guys that are kind of bouncing back and forth, but we count them. And, um, but, you know, the really cool number, and, and I tell this, I, I just spoke at a Rotary banquet the other day, and, you know, the, the thing the thing that that you need to, to, that really drives the point home is that, you know, if you go back three or four years from any given 
time that we're that we're having this conversation. All right, so go back four years to 2015, and the last City of Palms Classic that was played at Bishop Barrow High School in the little high school gym there, and I was going around telling people that week, hey, we have $2 billion in future NBA salaries in the building here, okay? And that was just based on getting a couple or three max, you know, contracts over the course of careers. And, and uh, you know, and with the salary cap going up, I figured the numbers would continue to rise. And, well, four years later, if you look back at that tournament, December of 2015, we had Mo Bamba, we had mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett, we had Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. we had Lonzo Ball, mm-hmm. we had Kevin Knox, Vaughn Maker, Cam Reddish, uh, Gilgis Alexander and Alexander Walker, Michael Porter Jr., Bam wow. Adebayo, uh, Anthony Simons, and Tony Bradley. That's 13 first-round draft picks so far So far from that 15 tournament. And there's two more projected as – in fact, I just saw a Bleacher Report uh, story with a mock draft a couple of days ago, and it projects – four of the top five being kids that have played in this tournament, two of whom played in that 2015 tournament, LaMelo Ball and uh, the Okongwu kid, the big kid that was a yeah. freshman at the time at Chino Hills, is now uh, tearing it up out at USC, and he's he could be a top five pick, you know, and then throw in James Wiseman and Cole Anthony from the last couple of three years. And, you know, so it's just that good. And if you, if you go back, if you, if you, wait four years and then you say okay well who did I miss four years ago you know if you did if you were in Fort Myers or anywhere in Florida and you're a basketball fan and um, and and you didn't buy a ticket that year look at what you missed yeah and you don't you don't know it at the time necessarily I think mean, I think you ought to know it by now you know because every year is kind of like you know, what are we doing to, to you know to knock your socks off this year but but um you know, every year is different. Um, you know, the interesting thing down here, I think, is that, you know, and I've noticed this in recent years, and I think this speaks volumes uh, for Coach Calipari and what they're doing at Kentucky, is that I find that my recruiting is almost mirroring Kentucky's recruiting, in a oh. sense, because we're looking at all the same players, right? And, and uh, he's looking at just the, the cream of the crop, and he tries to let as much time go by as possible during the recruiting process before he has to really pin himself down on what he's going to do. And, and, and we wind up kind of doing the same thing with these teams and with these players. You know, let's let as much time go by as possible. We let them all know that we're potentially interested. But then, you know, when it's, when it's decision time, you've got to really try to make an opinion on, okay, well, who is going to really move the needle in the tournament? You know, that's an expression that, uh, Greg Persino uses up at the Hoopal Classic in Massachusetts, and I've really adopted it down here because I think it's very important with a tournament that you know you 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 have to remember there's two or three thousand fans that are coming there to be entertained, and so ultimately at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to put a show on for the community at Christmas time. It's really all I was trying to do 35 years ago when I first got involved in this tournament, and. Today, the the mission largely remains the same. It's just the information that's exploded over the years. 
Yeah, you sound a little bit like Coach Calipari there, Donnie, talking about the um the contractual dollar amounts that have came through the city of Palms. But I know I can just speak for myself saying that I, I truthfully mean that like I just feel blessed to have stumbled upon it and just kind of the fate that took me to Fort Myers being such a big basketball fan and all the cool things that I've got the chance to do over the last couple of years, covering Elite Eight, a Sweet 16, I'll be at the Louisville-Kentucky game. I, I truthfully mean it when I say this is the week of the year that I look forward to the most. I had the opportunity to go to, probably go to Vegas to um, you know follow Kentucky there in Vegas this week. And I just it just yep. took me a, a second to decide what I was going to do. And um, so this year, for everyone that doesn't know, it's probably maybe a little bit too late for you to make your plans this year. But this year, the tournament will be December tw- um, 18th through the 23rd. And I promise you, if you're a basketball fan, it is just something that you have to do. I know that um, they laugh at me because now that I live back in Kentucky, I'll go to Florida for this whole week and I'll come back. I won't have a suntan or anything. I'm planning to spend, you know, 40, 50 hours in the gym that week because you're right. You never know what you're going to miss. And some memories that stick out to me just from a Kentucky standpoint was obviously it was my first chance to ever see John Wall play. That was pretty special. He's known for having one of the, you know, best high school mixtapes and highlight reels that you'll ever see. I remember Julius Randle winning the tournament as a junior. And and Donnie, I know I go around everywhere and, you know, people ask me my opinions of players and stuff. And I always correlate it back to the city of Palms. And if if you've won a title there, to me, that that just speaks volumes about you, especially if you've won an MVP there. I've actually been tussling with some um, some UK guys that aren't as high on um, um, Sharif uh, Cooper as I am. And I'm like, listen, if you go to that tournament and you play well, I, I see that translating to the collegiate level time after time well, again. The, the interesting thing, you're you're absolutely right, and, and I have to tell the high school coaches this at some of the best high school programs in the country because they're not used to losing, right? So if you get, I mean, the, the very mission of our of putting our tournament together involves trying to find the biggest fish from as many different ponds as possible, and then... We all put them, I tell the coaches, we take all of your big fish and we put them all in one little pond down here in Fort Myers, and that's what's us, what us locals call entertainment, you know? And and weird things can happen sometimes when you challenge the kids against players of similar or better, you know, status. And, and sometimes things happen down here that you don't necessarily understand right when they happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that year you referred to, uh, was an all-Texas final yep. between Prestonwood Christian and Grace Prep. And and if you'll recall, I believe the two teams that lost in the semifinals were uh, Bishop Gorman from Las Vegas and I want to say Modern Day. Okay. And everybody was kind of shaking their heads. How did this happen? You know, and of course the coaches are like, ah, you know, we got bad calls or this happened or that happened. And you know what? Now, what, six, seven, eight, ten years later, you're looking at these tournaments and you're saying, okay, that was a harbinger of things to come. You know, how did, I'm not, I don't want to pick on RJ Barrett because he's a great player, but how did Duke get eliminated in the tournament last year? I think he missed a free throw right towards the end of the game, right? Right. And, and when Chino Hills beat Montverde down here in 2015, Montverde had come from like 20 back, and R.J. Barrett really was the reason, and he was a freshman at the time, I believe. And um, he, he had 
he got fouled shooting a three-pointer with like one second to go in the game, and they were down three, and he made the first two free throws and missed the third. Right. You know, and 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 again, not picking on RJ because he is a great player. He got picked third in the draft. I'm sure he's going to have a fantastic career. But you you can make you can find those types of things about a lot of players down here. You know, and you you kind of come away. You know, if you watched Michael Porter Jr. in high school and on the travel circuit, you said, "Boy, that's a player. I just want him on my team." You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't. You know, I, I, there are some players that you say, "Okay, well, they're great talents," but I'll tell you what, I'm not going to take the chance. If he beats me, fine, but he needs to be on somebody else's team. But then there are certain players that you see and you go, "I want them on my team," and I think that has, that really is a lot of what our selection process is about is because I'll, I'll go watch games around the eastern half of the country for you know I was away for a month and a half one time a couple of years ago and, and uh, when I come back I just ask myself one simple question who do I want to see again right. who would I be willing to, to pay to buy a ticket to go see play you know and so kids like RJ kids like Jason Tatum one, the, the entire, you know, the whole, we had all three ball brothers here with Chino Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just going down this 2015 list because I have it right in front of me. But do you, were you at the, uh, were you here when Kevin Love played here? I was not. That was, I think that preceded me. I'm not sure what year that would have been. I 30, wonder, what year was it? 33 points, 33 points and 27 rebounds were the <laughs> official numbers in the quarterfinal game that they lost to Compton Dominguez out from California. And um, everybody that watched that game swears that our stats were off and that he actually had more than 27 rebounds. <laughs> wow. I know you've mentioned the, yeah. the 2015 tournament, and I want to talk about it so much more, but I think you'll agree, Donnie. That was just one of those things where, like, the two of us could discuss that here right now, and, and unless you were there, it, you just wouldn't absorb it. It was um, some. That was one of the ones where my father was visiting me and I drug him to and we still talk about it all the time. So there's just so many storylines each year. And I'm glad you brought up the selection process too because um, I think that's really important and one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so again, uh, listeners, we have uh, Donnie Wilkie, the tournament director of the City of Palms um, High School Basketball Tournament that's held annually in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, but I kind of consider you, Donnie, like the authority of high school basketball. You mentioned being away once for a month and a half, but just talk to the listeners a little bit about how many games you go to, um, what you're looking for, maybe some travels to Kentucky, because I know you don't just look at paper and put this tournament together. Your boots on the no. ground every year. No, and, and um, I don't really get to start very much on watching games until the City of Palms, because I'm working on the City of Palms before it's held. Um, I just put the program to bed. I do that on my laptop from from cover to cover. Um you know, and, and 2019, I mean, how 2019 is this that you take a 120-page book in color on every page and you put it on this little tiny thumb drive, and when you go to the printer, you just hand them the thumb drive and go, here it is, and, and yeah. five minutes later, they come back out and say, okay, we, you're all set. You know, I mean, I remember 30 years ago, like, waiting for my hoop scoop it to arrive in the mail so that I could go down with a piece of paper and meticulously chart the top players in New York City, for instance. And I, I would 
I would put a number for where they were ranked, and I put and I put it next to the appropriate high school that they were at, <laughs> so that when you got through about a hundred players, you'd get a real idea. Okay, well, eight, you know, like nine of the top. 50 kids are all at one high school. I don't have to be real smart to figure out that that might be the school that I might want to invite next year. But with all of the technology and everything nowadays, I mean, LeBron James, you know, what, 50 years ago, Lou Alcindor benefited, I think, from being in New York City at Power Memorial. And he got a lot of attention because he was in the big city. But in 2019, if LeBron James was in Yeehaw Junction, Florida, the only thing that would be different now is that Yeehaw Junction would be invited to the city of Palms instead of Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary. Right. It's just, that's the way technology is now with the internet and all the rankings and everything. But still, I try not to confuse myself with too much of that when possible. I want to go to the top events and just focus on them. And then I love to go watch regular high school games in the gyms because that's the kids playing in their element and you, you really get to see what what they are and who they are. You know, maybe you don't have NBA scouts in the gym that night or maybe you don't have you know, you don't you don't have all the recruiting experts, you know, like you do at maybe the hoop hall or someplace like that all gathered around the court. They're just in a high school gym. You know, maybe not even at home. And then all of a sudden you get to see I remember watching Glenn Mills from Pennsylvania, which is essentially a reform school outside of Philadelphia, and Camden from New Jersey play home games in the same day. Mm. And I remember Dewan Wagner just basically going over to his student body and before a play and telling them what he was going to do and then doing it and then making a victory lap around the gym, you know, to a standing <laughs> ovation. I mean, that's, that's high school basketball to me, right, is when the great player can really put on a show. Sometimes that gets a little dummy down here because we have so many great players all playing against each other. But still, even at this level, you know, you see that. But, hey, you mentioned coming to Florida for the City of Palms. I love to go to Kentucky and spend a week yes. up there. I've seen, games, I've seen games in Augusta, Kentucky. My GPS quit 20 miles before I got there. <laughs> I had to just count on being able to find the, the town, let alone the school, once I figured, well, sooner or later I'll see a sign that either points me in the direction or whatever, so, and I knew I was going in the right direction to start with, so I just kept going straight, then sure enough, here I come into Augusta, and um, I just drove around the town, there's like six or seven streets in Augusta, looking for something that looked like the gym, and I found it, <laughs> and I saw, I saw the big kid from, uh, Gosh, what's that little tiny little town that's on two, uh, Walton, Verona? Okay. That straddled I-75 up there north of Lexington. The big kid, Miles, was a sophomore, and I wanted to see him play. And I got to see him play at Augusta, Kentucky. And after the first quarter, the fouls were 10 to nothing. Wow. You can guess who had 10 fouls, right? And, yes. And, um, but that's, and, and, and I joke about that because in so many places around the country, really, but especially in Kentucky, when it's it's sort of my town against your town, mm -hmm. and I love that. I absolutely love watching those games. And, you know, it's almost, you look at some of these scores sometimes during the season, you know, the, they played home and home. The home team won by 20 points in both games. It was like a 40-point swing. And it's almost like the coaches are saying, all right, well, you know, 
you're not going to get any calls at my place, and I'm not going to. I know I'm not going to get any calls at your place. And then we'll just play the real game in the playoffs at the end of the season. <laughs> and it's, it's it's just fun to watch, and and everybody comes out, you know. And there's still some places where the whole town comes out on a Friday night, and you know that's. That's what I love about high school basketball. Uh, it's gotten out of hand in a lot of ways, but uh, but you still have that in a lot of places. And I love I love doing it. And I spread myself around geographically as far as inviting the teams for that very reason. You know, we already have invited a Kentucky team next year for our tournament. Who's and, that? Uh, Fern Creek from Louisville. Fern oh Creek wow! Okay, Louisville. they've accepted. They're coming yeah. for sure. Um. They say they've accepted. Okay. You never really know. You know, you never really know until you get the contract back or whatever. But, but. Um, Interesting. I didn't uh, know that. Well, let's talk a little too, Donnie. I know that this year, um, to tie it back to Kentucky a little bit, that Marshall County, um, with Zion Harmon, who has kind of a. a interesting story, I guess you could say. I hear a lot of kind of mixed mixture of views about just you know. I think he's on what his fourth or fifth high school in four or five years. He led Kentucky, or I'm sorry, he led his Bowling Green High School team to the Kentucky State Finals as an eighth grader. So, what made you, um, what made you invite Marshall County and Zion Harmon to, to this year? Well, I remember that that state championship game that he played with Bowling Green, and early in the game in Rupp Arena, I really thought, my God, this kid is going to shoot them out of the game, right? And um, if you, I don't know how much people remember about that game, but Bowling Green got a lot of offensive rebounds in that game and a lot of putbacks and a lot of extra chances. And honestly, I thought that his teammates kind of bailed him out, especially early in the game with a lot of those offensive rebounds. And then you could see the kid really settle down into the game. And then you just have to keep reminding yourself that's an eighth grader that's doing that. And I don't care how old he is, or people say, well, is he an, eighth, is he an old eighth grader, or is he young? I don't know. I don't, he's in eighth grade. Hello? Right. <laughs> you know, I feel like Carm Edwards, you play to win the game, he's in eighth grade, okay? And uh, so, he, he, I think he was at, I want to say he was at Lighthouse Christian in Tennessee, I'm guessing on that, as a seventh grader, Bowling Green as an eighth grader. I went to watch him play at Adair County. Uh, as a ninth grader in the regional semifinals, I believe. Uh, maybe, yeah, I believe it was the semifinals. Uh, and, uh, and and that's another cool part about Kentucky. Those regional tournaments, yes. my goodness. I mean, and they're different in all different parts of the state. You know, you the, the 14th region tournament or the 13th, the, thir- the 14th over deep in the mountains is its own special thing. And then you've got like... The, the one over in Owensboro is at a place called the Sports Center in, in right. Owensboro. And that, that's one of the coolest little arenas you'll ever see. You know, and then over in the western part of the state around Hopkinsville, they're playing in a big high school gym. Or then, you know, on a Saturday, you can do the 13th region in, uh, in Corbin. Uh, you, I, I would arrange it so that I would do the first game at Corbin. The second game up at the 11th region at Eastern Kentucky. And then at night, I'd see both games of the doubleheader at Northern Kentucky University up near Cincinnati. Three different regions, and they're all distinctly different atmospheres. So again, that's what to me, that's what makes high school basketball so special. You want different, different situations, different 
different styles of play, different co- styles of coaching, different types of kids. You, you want a little left to go with your right. You want a little up to go with your down. And that's how you, you construct a tournament. So now you're looking at a Marshall County team that returns its entire roster intact. And, oh, by the way, we've got Zion Harmon sitting out waiting to play next season. I mean, again, how smart do I have to be here? You know, and right. my, I talked to my son today, and he goes, Dad, what's up with all these Zions? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, well, wouldn't it be kind of funny if right before Marshall Kelly plays, I grab the microphone and say, well, ladies and gentlemen, you told me last year you wanted to see Zion play, mm-hmm. so here he is. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it is true. And he's, it's amazing that he's probably going to be able to make a name for himself too. But while we're on Kentucky high school basketball, and then we'll kind of break down this year's field, and I'm, I'm anxious to talk to you about that. So me, um, the two of us have went back and forth a few times on social media about this. So just what is your overall opinion? Um, you kind of touched on it already. but So Kentucky, we obviously do 16 regions. Doesn't matter if your school has 3,000 kids or 300 kids. You know, you have the ability to win the same state championship. I know that's quite different than other states. Just what's your opinion on that? Maybe shot clock, not shot clock. I know that um, Cal- we, you can't well, really invite California teams to the tournament the way that their right. rules are set up. So just, just kind of maybe break down the differences since, since you are such a wealth of knowledge about you know most states' high school basketball setups. Well, I don't always have the popular opinion on this stuff. I mean, um, first of all, I do have the popular opinion on Kentucky. I mean, that's that's the greatest high school tournament that there ever was, okay? And as far as I'm concerned, it's a it's a better time than the, even the City of Palms Classic. Wow. You know, but again, that, that, that sort of stuff comes down to, you know, what are your criteria? If people say, oh, we're the best tournament in the country. Well, what's your criteria? Mm-hmm. You know, because there are, there are the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions up in Missouri will pack ten or 12,000 people into an arena if you're – criteria is you know the attendance the number of people well then you know then they're off the charts if, if if you're looking at a shootout that just puts games together rather than you know is that an actual tournament well then the loophole is obviously the best event in the country but but uh, we're a true tournament and in many ways the fact that we have that main 16 team bracket and it's all played in the same week and it counts down to a champion at the end of the week I mean, what tournament do you know of that is played pretty much the same way? The Sweet 16, right? True. So, um, I, I, I've been to like uh, five in a row now. I had taken some time off from that. I had been to a couple a few years back. and But now I try to go every year if I can. And, and um, it, it's just, it, and one of my favorite things, you know, everybody's going to relate to this when I say it. If you've been to a Sweet 16, you know, I think you have to keep track of how many of those ice cream cones you yeah. eat, first of all. Yes. My daughter had her first one this weekend, and she finally got her yeah. to a game. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It's a lot yeah. of history of both. And I agree with you on the fact of the the tournament aspect makes such a big difference to me. Like, I talk to people about the hoop hall. I butt heads all year about that. And that's what's so great about the City of Palms is that by day two – You've seen most of the teams play, and you're just projecting, man, how was how is that going to match up with that? And I don't know what they're going to do with that. And it's just so yeah. interesting. So, and you're right, I never really you thought about how similar it is to the Sweet 16. You, you know what? You know what? Though um, it's not. A, I tell people all the time, don't make your opinion about who's going to win the tournament based on the first round, because the teams, 
that from farther away have just got off the airplane. They're going to do whatever they need to do to win the game and not much more. Uh, sometimes teams don't look so good in the first round, and then they start. it starts to build as the week goes along. Uh, but um, – you get a, you start to get a feel for what the week is about, you know, and that's what I love about Kentucky. And you know, the cool thing about Kentucky and the way that that format is set up is that all the folks in the small towns they seem to understand. You know, think about that. You know, if you're in, remember the run that Elliott County made a few years back for about three or four years, and. You know, everybody in the state was rooting for them to win the state championship, and I think the closest they got was the semifinals. But, uh, you know, there would be like 20,000 people at Rupp, and they were practically all rooting for Elliott County. But by and large, most of the really small towns, let's face it, are they going to win the state championship? No. But if they win a region championship, if when Walton Verona, you know, made it to Lexington, made it to Rupp, won their region and won a game in the Sweet 16. They won one game in the Sweet 16. And that was this tremendous accomplishment for that little school. I can never remember whether the high school's in Walton or whether it's in Verona. The middle school's in one, the high school's in the other. They're on different sides of I-75. But such a wonderful, small, cool place to be, you know? And that high school will remember that run through the playoffs forever. And they didn't have to win the state championship in order to have those memories. So that's the greatest thing about Kentucky is that everybody gets the fact that it's one championship that's available and only one. And that probably at the end, one of the Blue Bloods or one of the bigger schools are going to win it. You know, but uh, you have some weird... You have some weird results at Rupp. A lot of times the, the team that's playing the best at the end of the season, you know, gets on a roll and wins it, but the team that was ranked number one for the whole season doesn't win it. Um, but it, it, that's what I love about Kentucky, and so I hope they never change it. I think they were on the verge of changing it, and then they saw what Indi- what happened in Indiana when they went to four classes, and I think everybody in Kentucky kind of took a step back and said, wait a minute. That doesn't. That's not as appealing anymore. What they're doing in Indiana, we need to stay the same. And that, I think, that saved. Uh, that 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 fended off a lot of the people that were arguing for class basketball in Kentucky. And I think I think people, by and large, and you know, I'm sitting down here in Florida, okay, trying to gauge the the opinion in Kentucky. But I think a lot of folks in Kentucky saw what happened in Indiana and said, you know what, we have the coolest thing. Let's keep it the way it is. Shot clock. I have a controversial opinion on that. I don't like the shot clock. And I'll tell you why. First of all, I watch enough basketball games. The kids have a shot clock in their heads now, okay? They, how many teams do you see where they just they have the ball for 20 or 25 seconds and a kid takes a shot simply because he feels like, well, it must be time to shoot. So holding the ball is not a problem in high school basketball. In fact, it's the other way around in most cases. But every once in a while, you'll see a game where the score is 3-2 to two at halftime, and everybody is up in arms on Twitter or whatever. Oh, how could this be? You know, people paid money to see this game. And, and you don't – people need to take a step back in that situation. And I'm a reporter my whole life, so I've been in the news media. So I appreciate that the definition of news is something that's unique, something that's different. 
And when you have a three to two game at halftime, by darn, that's different, right? And to me, that's interesting. If the team that's holding the ball actually believes that that's its best chance to win the game against an enormous favorite, well, then I wish them all the luck in the world. Because it's actually harder to hold the ball sometimes than it is to play normal. you got to have the guards to hold the ball, right, to, for it to succeed. Right. So, That's my only thing with the shot clock, Donnie. I I, com- I don't think that I would overall want one because I agree with you. I don't think that it really changes yeah. the game. But my my thing with it is, and I do see it sometimes in the city of Palms, is that you know late there's over eight minute quarter, so you know there's three to four minutes left in the game. A team like Montverde or something has a you know six to seven point lead. They have guards like Cade Cunningham. They're skilled enough to where it's almost like that game is over. So I do notice I it at. Know about at that. At the end of the games will be my only great. Prove, prove me wrong, Donnie. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of games you see where teams go into the spread too early. Right. And you watch enough basketball, you'll start recognizing it. You'll see a team spread the floor and go, oh, they're up 14. Should they do it this quickly? And sure enough, the roof starts to cave in. And and uh, and and once you give, if you have all the momentum as the team that's ahead. And you willingly give it up. It's sort of like in the NFL when they start playing prevent defense. The only thing that prevents is you from winning the game, right? Yeah. So it, 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 you, you don't want. I don't think you want to 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 purposely or willingly give up the advantage in momentum. If the other team takes it from you, that's a whole different deal. But five minutes to go in the game, I'm up twelve. I'm probably not spreading the floor in high school basketball because you have to remember these are high school kids. They're going to mess up. They're in high school. You know, how many times do you hear the fan yell at the kid, why did you do that, Johnny? And, and, and I want so bad to turn to that fan and go, because he's 16 years old and he's scared to death. That's right, right. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's good stuff, man. Let's, um, so I really want to get in and break down this year's field a little bit because I'm super pumped. I'm staring at my stack of uh, City of Palms programs that you mentioned on my bookshelf. But before we do that, let's take a quick sponsor break. All right, and we are back on the Cats by 90 podcast brought to you by SB Nations, a sea of blue. Big Blue Drew here, and today I have uh, Donnie Wilkie, the tournament director for the City of Palms, which will be going into its 47th year um, this season. And it's, um, you know, just a staple point of Fort Myers. And I don't want to get too much into this because we cover the history, Donnie, but it's really neat to me. One of the things I did not like about living in Fort Myers was there's so little sense of community there, in my opinion. It's so transient. People are in and out. But that's the, I won't say the one thing, but one of the biggest things that I found really brought people together. People that don't even like basketball. I can meet people that you know, here in Kentucky that have lived there, we can talk about the city of Palms, kind of similar to the Derby here. You know, just one thing that's been synonymous with that city for so long. And this year, the field looks loaded. So obviously, um, the 2019 field is headlined by Montverde Academy, who just looks absolutely unbeatable this year. I think they're, I've been seeing their winning their games by 50, 60 points. Um, a sore spot there will be for Kentucky fans. I was really hoping that Cade Cunningham would at least remain uncommitted until I had a chance to see and talk to him a little bit. Um, obviously, he's pledged his allegiance to Oklahoma State. Um, one player that I'm one of my favorite players in the class, and I constantly get crushed for this, Donnie, and it's because of the city of Palms, is Scotty Barnes. I'm the biggest Scotty Barnes fan. I think he's going to be phenomenal in college and help his team win a lot of games um, at Florida State. 
Um, then you have IMG Academy, another perennial powerhouse that's going to bring some superstars in. We didn't. I didn't even mention the returning champions. Um, McEachern with Sharif Cooper, who again I'm much higher on than a lot of other people because they just see a five nine guard that's going to Auburn and the, and you know they don't accredit his USA Player of the Year credentials. And I've seen enough of him to know that I think he's going to be a special player at Auburn. So just break down a little bit. Um, you know the the this year's field, maybe any sleepers that you have, um, players that you're excited to see. Right. Um. I just, I really think that, um, you know, Montverde and IMG in, in many ways um, almost, you know, I mean, these kids want to go to these places now. So we, we throw the word recruiting around. It kind of works in both directions, right? I mean, the kids all talk about going to Montverde or IMG. So sometimes the kids are recruiting the schools at this point in 2019. But I thought that the recruiting arms race, so to speak, this summer with Montverde and IMG was so intense. And it was kind of funny to watch at times because one kid would announce, you know, I'm going to Montverde. And then within 45 minutes, you'd read on Twitter that another big time player was going to IMG or vice versa. And I thought that they were so bent on on outdoing the other, on upstaging the other, that what they did is they both sort of upstaged the rest of high school basketball. I mean, you see places like Oak Hill and, uh, you know, uh, La Lumiere and some of these other Huntington Prep, and they've got, they've got nice teams, but you almost wonder if they're struggling a little bit to keep up right now because right. of the way that, that the way that it's been going at Montverde and IMG. They won the last two national championships, and you really wonder if you're, if you're maybe watching the, the, the changing of the guard here. Maybe it's, you know, it used to, Oak Hill used to be the real cool place to be. And as somebody pointed out today, it's almost like the Oak Hill thing has mirrored Carmelo Anthony in a way, you know, that as Carmelo has gotten older, people may, you know, you know he's still a good player, but, you know, it, everybody wasn't necessarily jumping at Carmelo. And, but he's still a good player, right? And that's kind of Oak Hill right now. Um, IMG and Montverde, Montverde and IMG, you know, IMG lost the other night up in D.C. to Paul the Sixth, and Paul the Sixth might be the best team in the country not named Montverde or IMG. They have Jeremy Roach, right? Isn't Jeremy Roach playing? Yeah, yeah, okay. and, and then he got hurt last year. They, right. Their two best guards both tore their ACLs, and they were forced to play the young guys, and, you know, guys, guys just were coming out of the woodwork, and now they've got all of them on the same team. So, uh, but... But IMG played without Matthew Murrell going to Ole Miss, mm -hmm. and they played uh, without Jalen Johnson. Right. And and uh, uh, Jalen has not played, I don't believe, to this point for IMG. So when I say Montverde and IMG are the two best teams in the country, that that's my opinion. That's based on an IMG with a with a full roster. Sure. Uh, but but the thing with Montverde, I think, is that. Scotty Barnes doesn't need 40 points to be happy. Because exactly. Scotty Barnes is just generally happy. Yeah. Okay? He always has a smile on his face. Uh, and Cade Cunningham is a lot the same way as a player. So now you have arguably the two most talented, unselfish players in the country playing for the same team. And that's why everybody that's watching Montverde win these games by 35 and 40 points is coming away and raving about the chemistry 
the great chemistry that Montbird seems to have here early in the season. But give it time. Montbird and IMG could meet four times this year. The first one could be at our tournament, and it's going to be a process. And I think you're going to see those two teams kind of at the end of the at the end of the year battling it out at the at the Geico Nationals tournament up there in, in New York. Um, Sharif Cooper. I'm not sure I've seen a player. It's almost like he's in charge. He's a puppeteer on the floor in charge of the other nine puppets. And he's just out there pulling the strings for all the players on his team and all the players on the other team. And maybe even the referees, too, a little bit. You know, that he's, this is his game, and he'll decide tonight whether or not it's going to be played fast or slow or yeah, this or point. that. I mean, Sharif Cooper is in charge of all of those decisions, and the game is going to go the way Sharif Cooper decides it's going to go. That's, you know, that's the, what I see watching him play, and the way he changes speeds and... And, 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 you know, just he, he gets whatever he wants whenever he wants it. And, and I just think that by itself may be enough to get McEachern through to our semifinals. And then, you know, you're going to have potentially them against Montverde. That could be a little bit of an uphill struggle. You know, Gonzaga from D.C. is coming here for the first time. You know, we have the defending Catholic League champions from Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Washington, D.C., and we would have the Catholic champions possibly from New York City if Archbishop Stepanak had had its full team for the entire season last year. Remember, they have they have uh, um, two kids, one going to North Carolina, one going to Duke. Yeah. I mean, and they're, they're finally healthy now, you know? So, you know, I think if you're looking for a dark horse team, you're probably looking at, you know, AJ Griffin going to Duke, um, you know, and and, and you're, you're you know the other kid going to North Carolina, and you're and you know RJ Davis, and and mm-hmm. you're saying, well, there, there's your dark horse right there. I mean, again, this you don't overcomplicate this. You got you got two skilled uh, guards or wings that are one's going to Carolina, one's going to Duke. That that's gonna make you pretty good, right? Good. I'm glad but, you I'm glad you said that because that that was my dark horse. <laughs> they're gonna have to beat IMG. If they get through, that would be a quarterfinal game here. And remember, Chino Hills Montbird was a quarterfinal game here. It was not a championship game. So well, things happen in our place early in, in tournaments. Uh, IMG lost here last year in the quarterfinals to Mountain Brook, Alabama, with Trendon Watford, and went on to win the national championship. You know, they've built essentially a monument that when you enter the gym at IMG Academy now, you could bury the Pope in this monument the way they built it to put their national championship trophy in it. And, of course, me being the smart aleck, I walk in the building and go, hey, wait a minute, where's your fifth-place trophy from last year's City of Bombs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. They got, they got really I tested. office somewhere, you know? That's funny. Um, what about um? I'm glad you said that though, Donnie, because that was my dark horse. So good, I'm I'm doing something right because I was looking at kind of overlooking the rosters a little bit today and last week, and that's who I thought maybe could be that team outside of Montverde and IMG and McEachern that maybe make some noise. But so there is one Kentucky commit this year in the city of Palms, um, Cameron Fletcher out of Bashan High School in um in correct. Yeah, I know we. We've definitely uh, swung and missed on a few, and I said I was kind of upset about that. I was hoping, even if they didn't come to Kentucky, that at least while I was there, I'd have a little hope, get a chance to maybe talk to them and see what was going on. But just what's your opinion? I know that uh, Bashan's a really good high school. 
Um, and, you know, kind of the opinion here is obviously Cameron Fletcher right now is not ranked maybe as high as a lot of the recruits that John Calipari gets. But I know I've seen him enough to know he's an extremely special athlete. Maybe right now he's still learning to, to play hard all of the time. But just what's your opinion of him and um, his team, what you're expecting this week? Well, these days in college basketball, first of all, um, if you swing and miss, I think was the term you used. And, of course, you're still Kentucky, and you're going to wind up with some great players. I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to wind up with some great players. And sometimes if those players are not the ones that already have in their head that they're going to be one and done, um, that can lead to guys that are staying two or three years. And ultimately, you may actually have a better result at the college level down the line when these guys are a little bit older. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, um, as far as Cameron goes, I'm interested to see exactly what he looks like with the Sean because they return a lot of their key components, but they do not return Mario McKinney. Right. Missouri. The, the, the very, he was a very ball-dominant guard. And, and so now Cameron goes from kind of being, you know, he was probably sort of a second fiddle there to Mario for a couple of years, and now he's the big dog at Bashan. And it'll be really interesting to see, you know, and, to be, and again, if, you, if you've been at the City of Palms and you saw Bashan last year, now you get to see them this year and you, see, you get to see, you know, okay, well, what's, you know, how has he developed, what's the difference, uh, you know, what, how is he adjusting to this different role? Because ultimately, you know, these, we have all these great players, right? I mean, there are 26 players in our field this year that are ranked in ESPN's top 50 in either the senior, junior, or sophomore classes. So that's 26 out of 150. So if we're trying to improve that 15% number in a few years, 26 out of 150 is what? Like more, just slightly more than one out of six. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's 17, 18%. So, but the one thing about basketball as these kids advance is that Look at an NBA roster and tell me how many alpha dogs are there? How many guys are truly superstar quality players in the NBA? Usually just about every team has one. The good teams have two, and a super team might have three. So ultimately, we're really talking about 40 or 45 positions that are available at the highest level and right now, when they're in high school, they're all superstars. You know, I get parents come up to me all the time, tell me that our fifth, our, our kid is the best fifth grader in the country. <laughs> and I look at them with a very straight face and I say, oh yeah, which country? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, but everybody's a superstar in high school and it's fun to watch at the high school level because, you know, these all-star games at the end of the year, they all look like NBA all-stars, but ultimately they're not because you have to change your role as you go from one level to another. And then when you go from the college level to the NBA level, you have to change roles again in almost all cases. Very rare is the kid who is LeBron James in high school, LeBron James, you know, would have been LeBron James in college, be gone, and LeBron James, an almost immediate superstar in the NBA. Yeah, I watched him as a high school freshman. He averaged 17 points a game. But his coach, Keith Dambrot, did everything he could to keep LeBron down as a freshman because he wanted the seniors to be seniors and be the leaders of the team. 
But then when they got in foul trouble in a regional game, guess who was there? Steve yeah. Dambrod knew who the best player was. <laughs> that's he a was good just point. waiting for the right moment. Yeah, and, and so that's what I love about watching somebody like a Cameron Fletcher now that's going to come here maybe in a little bit different role this year. And now we get to see, you know, we get to see him as the, as the, alpha, the unquestioned alpha dog of that team. Well, one player we haven't mentioned, we'll touch on this one, kind of start wrapping it up, that is definitely on Kentucky fans' mind and could end up being, you know, possibly the best player to come out of this tournament or even play best next week. Um, I always butcher his name. I've been told how to say it several times, but uh, Paolo Banchero out of um, O'Day's. They're coming from a long way. They're coming from Washington State all the way from Seattle. I don't think you can really make a further trip. So they're going to be coming from a long way. But I've heard nothing but just glorious raving about his game, his ability to score the basketball. And he is definitely um, a player that is on Kentucky's radar big time. So um, I know his his um, his stardom speaks for itself. But just talk a little bit about his game and um, what, what you're expecting from his team next week. Well, remember, he's very young for his age. So everybody talks about, you know, that's a big word in 2019 is reclassification. Yep. I think he's going to stay in 2021. That's my sense based on everything I've read. Now, keep in mind that the fashionable thing has become to tell everyone that you're not going to reclassify so that you can play on the travel circuit next summer. And right. then all of a sudden, mysteriously, right after the Peach Jam, you reclassify and go to college. Exactly. So it could still happen. And frankly, what Devin Askew has done out at Modern Day is kind of different compared to what usually happens now. They don't usually come right out this early and say, I'm going to reclassify. Right. So there's still a chance, I suppose, that Bonchero uh, 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 does that and plays college basketball next year. But because he's so young for his class, I, I don't know that that's going to happen. So you're probably looking at two more years of him in high school. And my goodness, I mean, look, I I have always said for 30 years, I've told people, I am a sucker for the 6'8 wing who flies through the air, right? And I don't, I don't know if he's, if, if he's considered a, a, a high riser or not, but close enough, okay, because of the special things he does with the basketball and, and just his ability to create in, in, in so many different ways, um, that's going to be fun to watch. And, 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 and I'm really looking forward to O'Day. And I think that's a team, remember now, University School won this tournament two years ago. Nobody was expecting them to be ready to win this tournament, right? And Scotty Barnes, as a sophomore, was the MVP of the tournament. Yes. And they won the tournament. And then, you know, and then McEachern, you know, it was, it's usually more like McEachern where they come the first year, they did pretty well. Sharif had 42 in the quarterfinals and got him into the semis. But they were borderline, you know, maybe they're one of the top eight teams in the tournament, maybe they're one of the top four teams in the tournament. But last year they came ready to win the tournament. So I think if O'Day does come back next year, you're probably looking at them as being ready to win the tournament because that not only not only him, but but basically the whole team is is juniors or younger. So um, that's a team that you're probably looking at right now and saying, okay, they're if if you had to bet on it, you're probably saying they're not ready to win the tournament. But I would remind you about university two years ago that nobody thought they were ready to win the tournament, and then all of a sudden they did. 
Nobody thought Chino Hills could win the tournament in 2015, and then all of a sudden they beat Montverde in the quarters and went on to win the tournament, beat Patrick School in overtime in the championship game, and they were off and running and, went and finished undefeated national champions. So a lot of times our tournament is about literally seeing, okay, are they ready to win at this level? And, so, and sometimes they surprise you. Sometimes they are. So that's going to be the, the most interesting thing to me about O'Day, Gonzaga, Archbishop Stepanak, Briarcrest out of Memphis with Kennedy Chandler. Mm-hmm. You know, they're rolling along. They just beat Louisville Mail the other night. Um, are these teams ready to take the next step? That's, 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 that's what gets answered here. You know, maybe Montbird and IMG are that much better than everybody else, but maybe they're not. I mean, Mountain Brook beat IMG last year, so it is possible. Right. And, and, and that's what next week is all about, is just seeing for yourself. Well, I know I can't wait, Donnie. I'm going to, just with me moving, this will be the third year in a row. I've, I've traveled back every year. This will be my fourth year in a row coming back, but I will miss the title game, which burns me. Um, but it's just so great to me, Donnie, because, you know, there's so much of the community comes, but there's probably a few hundred of us that are, you know, those diehards. We're there just like you, you know, a 14-hour day. And just the camaraderie of it, I know that I have a couple people. I'm not a Culligan-level sponsor, but I plug this tournament as much as I can. I'm working on a couple guys that live in Georgia that I met at the tournament five years ago that I I really talk into coming back, and every year they've met me there. So I'm looking forward to seeing it, seeing you. Um, And again, if anybody's interested in going this year, you can go to the cityofpalmsclassic.com. You can follow Donnie at cityofpalms one and um, definitely keep an eye on my Twitter. If you don't like high school basketball, you're going to want to mute me next week because I'll be living and breathing it. Hey, Don- are they still doing hey, the streaming, Donnie? Are they streaming the games? Yeah, yeah. Flow, flow Hoops. Flow Hoops, okay. On, on live stream. But remember, our signature series, our four-team bracket for the non-traditional schools has four teams that all started the season ranked 27 or higher in the Ball is Life preseason poll. You've got Sunrise Christian out of Kansas. You've got Hamilton Heights with the big Russian kid, Regenev, I believe is how you pronounce that name. I love that kid. He, Clark Francis in Louisville actually has said for the better part of a year that that's a McDonald's All-American. He had him ranked in his top 25 regardless of class. And now I think everybody else is starting to catch on as to how good this kid is. He had a great week last week out in Phoenix at the Hoop Hall West. Uh, and then Baltimore St. Francis is here in the Signature Series also. But, hey, I want a commitment from you. If you win the lotto, this needs to be the big blue Drew City of Palms Classic. Oh, my gosh. Consider it done. I'm I'm not just saying that because uh, because you're on the podcast, Donnie. Like, I really do. I mean, it, it – and, again, it's so hard to – you and I know what I'm saying. And, and again, those diehard fans – but, man, it, it really just is something special. And I love basketball just like many people in this state. And I, I preach it all the time. Come and go. It, it's worth the time. It's kind of like um, why I tell – I'm a native Floridian. And I tell people all the time, if everybody knew how cool it was to live in Florida year-round, then Florida wouldn't be such a great place to live because we'd be incredibly overpopulated. The whole country would have moved here, and nobody would want to live here anymore, right? <laughs> Fair. So – Part of, part of the fun is the fact that everybody doesn't know about the City of Palms Classic. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, you know, the folks that love basketball, if you love basketball, 
and you can get to Fort Myers, and yes, there is still time to do it. We have these things called airplanes now. Allegiant. Come on down. Come on down. Yeah, Allegiant even flies into Punta Gorda. Uh, from from Louisville and Lexington, too. I've, I've used Allegiant just with my ties to both places a million times. I mean, I think yeah. down there and back, I'm like 140 bucks round trip, so it really is cheap, and it's a, it is. It's just a, a phenomenal event, and you have to promise me, too, Donnie, we'll spend a little time together. I like to watch a game with you, and I always enjoy hearing the stories and um we'll definitely uh maybe i'll catch up with you there we can record another segment by the way uh might as well tell you right now in person your credential application has been approved excellent thank you yeah nice i I was hoping so but yeah i know um it's just such a different atmosphere there too with the media you know that high school coverage i try to explain this to to media guys here too just about um, I don't want to use the word immaturity in the way that it is, but you know what I mean. Those, the, um, you know, just the videos of the kids' sneakers and their handshakes and just how all that stuff goes viral and these kids become, you know, superstars on the internet and it's due to coverage like the City of Palms and stuff. So it's just a different element than Rupp Arena. There are teams out there that, and, and, and folks know who I'm talking about probably, but there are teams out there that I sort of like to call the YouTube champions. Right. And sometimes, sometimes we'll, 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 we'll dip into that pool and sometimes we won't, most of the time we won't. But, um, I just think that, that, um, but now the other flip side of that is that the term media has changed so much, you know, and again, being, you know, to me, if you don't work for a newspaper, right, you're not media. I mean, I've got a, I've got to kind of adjust that thinking in 2019. And I look at all these kids, and I call them kids. I mean, I'm getting a little older now. But they've all got their camera phones, and they're all putting stuff on YouTube, and they're trying to get clicks and make some money or whatever it is that they're trying to do with it. And some of them are doing a really, really good job if you look at their if you look at their work. And there are tournaments and events out there that pretty much snub their nose at these at these people and say, no, we, you're not real media. You can't come to our tournament. We're not going to credential you. And I have taken the opposite approach with that. And I'm like, look, if I can go to your website and I think you're giving it an honest effort and you're doing a pretty good job, then guess what? You're free advertising for us. Right. And we're all over the internet. And if you... If you even if, if there's even one person out there that thinks we're the best tournament in the country, there's a really good chance that the reason they think that is because they've been on YouTube watching a lot of the kids' highlights from the City of Palms Classic. So that though, that element here is different than a lot of places. Here it's kind of a almost I don't want to use the term free for all, but it's it's just it's more refreshing than anything isn't it because i mean one year we credentialed an eight-year-old and a (laughs) ten-year-old as working media because i went to their website and then i looked at the stuff they were producing first of all it was absolutely charming because of the eight-year-old you know at the beginning of the video say hi i'm hayden you know and and then but they were actually producing really good stuff and i'm like this is better than half of the stuff that i that i see everywhere else so I, I gave them credentials. Their dad had to drive them down every night, and <laughs> and I put them, I, I went in the media room one night, and I said I said to the rest of the media, "Look, these two kids right here. You make sure that they stand in the front of the room, and you make sure that they get to ask every player or coach a question when they come in here, because you know what? This is how all of you started out." Mm-hmm. 
and 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 that's that. I think that's that's another thing about our tournament that's just kind of neat and cool. Again, this is about kids and basketball, right? And what's more about kids and basketball than an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old having the time of their lives covering and and legitimately working and covering a high school basketball tournament? Those kids are going to grow up to be fans or sponsors or coaches or whatever, but. I'm starting to hear now back from a lot of these people that are growing up and we're getting teams now because the coach played on a team in the city of Palms 20 years ago mm-hmm. or was an assistant coach on a team 20 years ago. And and uh, and it, it makes it easier for us to get the teams to, to come to our tournament. So why not encourage all of that enthusiasm, right? That's a big word around high school basketball, enthusiasm. That's why I love the games in Kentucky because the whole town comes out. Be, yeah. be, be excited. That's what high school basketball is supposed to be about. You trust and me, I'm with you because there's there's a lot of snobbiness that goes on in the media and just kind of pretentious behavior. And a lot of those kids were talking, not kids, but you know, younger younger people, late teenagers that are, you know, fresh out of high school or still in school covering them. A lot of those become uh, my sources, if I'm being honest, and they're kind of boots on the ground for me um, for anything Kentucky related because. You know, the high school players, I, the, what I should have said to begin with is they're just way more relatable. You know, I'm 32. They're way less likely to be relatable to me, but, you know, they are to those guys. And um, I think that's really cool. And I appreciate the credential. And I said, uh, first first round of foods on me at Donnie O's next week. Well, first of all, the bad news is we don't have Donnie O's anymore. Oh, my gosh. Donnie O retired. So, and they had signs up last year. Hopefully folks, you know, saw that. We have somebody else in there this year called Little Joe. So, you know, it's like everything else, man. Time time goes on, man. Time is undefeated, right? I mean, sooner or later, they're going to have to replace me. Good luck, right? But but, but um, um, Little Joe's Cafe this year instead of Donnie O's. And I, I don't know what Roy Williams is going to do without his fried brownie. That man walks in our building... And before he can even sit down, the head coach from the legendary head coach from the University of North Carolina looks at somebody and goes, "Can I get a? Can you get? Can somebody get me a fried brownie?" Right, yeah, that, <laughs> he loved he loved the fried brownies from Donnie O's. I love I love Roy's temperament. I love his temperament every year at the tournament. It's great. But all right, Donnie, I got to jump off of here. I will be there Wednesday. I'm gonna be the first one through the door. I'll leave at 5 a.m. from Louisville on Wednesday and I'll be there. So I can't thank you enough. Again, check out on um, the city of palms, follow Donnie at city of palms one. And if you're interested in um, catching up on all the stuff we talked about, definitely follow me. Big blue drew 33. We also have, we also have at city of palms. BKB is our official okay. social media site on Twitter. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook. And those folks with our PR department do a fantastic job. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll all be looking for it. And thanks again, Donnie. And I'll see you next week. All right. Be safe. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Cats by 90 on Twitter at Cats by 90. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at agershon99 and at bigbluedrew33. And remember, no matter the opponent, it's always Cats by 90.